0: Produced by women about women, Powerful Women Let's Talk is a series of interviews with women who are trailblazers and have helped shape our world, transforming who we are and how we live.
1: Hello, everyone. Time for Powerful Women Let's Talk. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Jennifer Moss, and it is a pleasure to bring you today's powerful woman, Mara Smith, Mara is a former attorney, a corporate strategist, a stay-at-home mom, and also the founder of Inspiro Tequila. Now, this all came about when she was looking for a clean, gluten-free spirit that kind of fit into her active lifestyle. Her goal was not just to create a -a one-of-a-kind tequila, but it was also to bring another female voice to the spirits industry, which is rare. And as a female founder, Mara's mission is to inspire and support other women on their entrepreneurial journeys through financial support and of course mentoring so please help me welcome mara smith to powerful women let's talk mara thanks so much for joining us today hi so nice to be here absolutely we appreciate you taking time so to start let's just talk about what made you potentially um think you know there's a need for a special tequila, and subsequently, a woman involved in the heavily male-dominated um, spirits industry. What made you get started with that?
2: Yes. So it's it's quite a pivot in my career. So as you mentioned, a reformed attorney, worked at a large law firm in Chicago for many years, and then I was in corporate strategy at a Fortune 500 company. And then actually, my my corporate career came to a screeching halt when I was put on emergency bed rest when pregnant with my twins, who are my oldest, and I made the this the decision, um, a major kind of pivot for me making the decision to stay home. So after being home for many years, um, and then having teenagers, I guess they they drove me to drinking more. And (laughs) no, really, I had always been thinking about ideas, you know, I knew I wanted to start my own company, constantly, um, you know, coming up with different ideas and concepts. And I kept coming back to tequila, because I had become a tequila drinker years ago. Just when I was looking for, you know, just a clean spirit option, fit into my, you know, more active lifestyle, I turned to tequila. And I think I just saw and recognized a market opportunity. All these women were telling me that tequila is their drink of choice. So really what kind of led me to take the leap is all these women told me that, and I thought, okay, I don't really think any of the brands are very focused on this consumer. She is generally overlooked in the spirits industry. So it was a little bit twofold, one, focusing on a consumer and creating something really customer centric from the bottle design to taste profile, everything, and also making this additive free tequila that I thought really fit into like the lifestyle and this, you know, consumer who cares about what she eats and drinks and the brand she supports. So that was the first part is I thought, here's an opportunity. No one's really honed in on this this consumer Mm -hmm. from how they market the tequila to what they present and offer to her. And then, you know, a big part of me kind of deciding and and reentering the workforce after being out for many years was also that I did see an opportunity to make an impact. There are many industries where women are underrepresented and spirits is one of them. And there are just so few women, especially women owners in the spirits industry that I thought here was an opportunity to really bring a female perspective and who best to address this consumer than someone who is the consumer and understands her and understands how she wants to be spoken to and so that was kind of the impetus for that part of it and also why it was important to me to have women involved in every aspect of our process everyone from our uh, legendary master distiller in Mexico to operations sales marketing we are all we're distilled owned and led by women
1: so clearly, also supplying a lot of jobs then through this whole thing. Up in, in addition to yourself being the entrepreneur, but now you're facilitating that and having that trickle down effect for other women. Right,
2: and every time I can bring someone in, especially allowing someone to maybe re-enter the workforce who has been out, because that is very difficult. Once there's a gap in the resume, uh, it's it's really hard to enter. I kind of say instead of trying to bang down someone's door, I guess I just built my own door, but that's not feasible for everybody. So often when I have an opportunity to bring someone on, like my operations, I have a part-time operations head and she's a stay-at-home mom of three young children and actually wasn't planning on starting getting back in the workforce, but she had experience. And I said, well, you know, listen, I don't care when you get the work done, you can do it during your school hour or she, you can send emails in the middle of the night. Like doesn't matter to me if you get it done. So I think looking at that and trying to provide some of those opportunities and bring, you know, women, women back in and mm-hmm. showing them that there are still like opportunities and and options for them,
1: you know, to me is important. And, and creating that opportunity with uh, hours that work for people as well, because that's mm-hmm. important and key too, especially, you know, working moms. So of course, we've already established not a female dominated industry did you encounter or maybe perhaps still encounter some barriers along the way being a female entrepreneur in this area?
2: You know, I'd say actually in the spirits industry, the most difficult part for me was not necessarily being a woman, but it was entering as an outsider. I don't think I realized when I got into this how kind of like insular the entire spirits industry? People have been in for their entire lives and and worked their way up. So coming in and like gaining credibility as an outsider, new to the industry, that really took a lot of legwork on my on my part. I felt that you know I needed to do as much research as possible. I studied the production of tequila. I actually took a course offered by the CRT, the governing body in Mexico, for tequila, and got certified in the production and history of tequila making. I tried learning all the different types of processes and methods and understanding the different distilleries. I I read books. I listened to podcasts. I reached out to industry veterans just to make sure I had a very good you know, understanding. I'm, I'm still not going to be the expert because there have been people who have been doing this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. But I did see that that was really important to come in with a, a lot of knowledge and research done because that is something I don't know that I recognized just coming into this that all these people been in it and doing this for a really long time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So, so maybe just the barrier in, in coming into that particular industry, but so as you continue on, how many years have you been doing this now? Two and a half. Two and a half. I so, this February, 2020. So, are you enjoying the journey? And I know you have something called Inspiro Purple Bicycle Project, um, and is that helping along on the journey? Tell us about that.
2: Yes. So actually kind of plays into the part that I love the most about the journey. So as we talked about, I had to do a ton of research, get it up to speed, even everything from the spirits industry, tequila, to how do you run a business? Because I worked in like large law firms, large corporations. This was all new, you know, the whole entrepreneurial piece of this, but kind of no matter how much due diligence I did, I still think it was necessary to have like build a community, a supportive community around me. And that it looked kind of, you know, within the spirits realm, but also outside of that, just to a lot of women's organizations and women's networks that are very collaborative and supportive and finding those women, bouncing ideas off of them, being in communities of all these female founders, collaborating with them. The fact that I meet so many amazing female you know founders and leaders that is the most exciting part of the journey. And I also really have even more opportunity to do that through the Inspiro Purple Bicycle Project that I set up, it's just the name given to kind of the efforts that we make to provide grants and mentoring to other female founders. So for example, we provided a professional development grant Earlier this year in March, uh, during International Women's Month, and that came along with mentoring. And so for me, I get the opportunity to meet with the founder that we gave the grant to um, on a regular basis. And I'm, I think I probably learn as much as as much as you know she does on our zooms. But just making more of those connections, hearing more people's stories, I just find it really fascinating. And then we just provided, actually, we just announced in September. We offered three more grants through I fund, the iPhone Women platform. So we provided three grants to women that were fundraising, doing, you know, it's non-equity crowdfunding at iPhone Women. And we provided three grants to those women.
1: So So, so tell me though, because I read a little bit about the Inspiro Purple Bicycle Project and I was inspired through why you had the gift as a child of this bicycle. Tell us why you named it that. Yes. The
2: name immediately came to me when I was thinking about like, I'm going to say determination is a nicer word or like my stubbornness as a child. (laughs) So (laughs) there was this, you know, brand new shiny purple bicycle and I just coveted this bicycle. I was four years old as a very small four-year-old and this was a very large bicycle. So I was really, I tell my parents, I'm going to, I'm going to go ride this bicycle and it was a two-wheeler and I never ridden two-wheeler, two-wheeler. So They said, the the bike is way too big for you. You need to wait. Like at some point you'll ride it, but not now. And as soon as someone said, no, I can't do it. I set off and I set off in the morning. I could not actually sit on the seat and reach the pedals at the same time. (laughs) So I had to stand the entire time I fell over. I remember falling into a fence or neighbor's fence. I just fell over all day long. But by the end of the day, I was standing up and riding the purple bicycle. And that just seemed that story just seems so analogous to the founder journey and trying to help and support other women like lots of bumps on the road no matter what stage you're in I mean Mm -hmm. there's constant obstacles and hurdles I'm problem solving all the time so if there was something I could do to maybe work someone else through those bumps and so some of it is providing some small grants and then the mentoring piece of it because I've done a lot of legwork on some Areas. If I, you know, if I interviewed twenty social media agencies, maybe I can save someone else some time, mm-hmm. an effort, and provide some of those learnings and findings onto someone else. So that's kind of how I look at it as being really either determined or obstinate and and, <laughs> and making it happen.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you get to work with a lot of people. What type of leadership style do you like, or do you uh, put forth as you are on this journey with those you mentor, those that you are participating with in um, uh, the program and your own company?
2: Yes, so I'd say a couple of things. And I, I think these things will also probably start to change as we start to grow, because right now we're so, we're small a small team so I'm very heavily involved in everything mm-hmm. and in all decision making and I'd say my style is probably to be uh, probably to, a little too involved so that's something that at some point I probably will need to take a little bit of a step back from but I think what it is for me is that I'm involved until the point where like you've earned my trust and once I see okay you're you're capable you can handle it you got it you understand like what my voice is what my perspective how then I'm really good after that, kind of like handing something off and saying, "Now you can run with it
1: or delegating perhaps, but or something along ex- those lines
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think I start off initially really being very on top of things. And then I think, you know, we outsource our social media and a social media agency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they're they're part of my team. And I feel like that's a really good example right? I start with them. I'm very involved reviewing, rewriting captions, you know, kind of like micromanaging a little bit until I know like, okay, you, you have it, you understand it. You got my brand voice, you got the messaging, the branding, and now I don't need to Mm -hmm. kind of do that. I can review it like a more, just a higher level. I think that, and I, I think something that some women maybe struggle with sometimes, but it's, it's kind of my style. And I think it's because how I I came from a legal background, you would be really mm-hmm. efficient. I'm billing by the hour of my time, like it's a boom, boom, boom. Right. And so I think my feedback is very direct. And I mean, not, you know, I, I'm not, not nice about it, but I'm direct, like, okay, change this, move this, do that.
1: People understand and where you're coming from, basically.
2: I think people understand, because they know like, okay, and I try to be really efficient with people's time.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good. So that's kind of how I like to get feedback. Okay, so here's one of my favorite questions. We know we all go through life. We have the challenges or barriers and just things as you try to make your way along. What makes you laugh?
2: There are a number of things. It's going to sound like so ridiculous. I like some slapstick humor. Grew up, my grandfather was a big like Three Stooges fan, Mm -hmm. and so I used to watch the Three (laughs) Stooges. So things like that which is it seems a little i think that'd be like a fun fact where people no one would ever associate me with, with kind of like liking that so like right. even if, every time i watch home alone every like holiday season i watch home alone with my kids mm-hmm. and they cannot believe that i laugh every single time so to the kind of like slapstick humor of them you know falling yeah. down the icy stairs and things like that but Absolutely. i think those are things that really
1: make me I'm a firm believer that laughter is good for the soul. So that's just one of my favorite questions because we get so caught up in the day to day and so much busy work in, in our lives and in our careers and such. Um, so another thing I want to know, as so much is happening in the world today, people are often looking for that, just that little word of encouragement. Do you by chance have a favorite saying or perhaps a motto that encourages others along the way?
2: Well, I think there are, are two that come to my mind right away. One is something I'm trying to implement, which is that it's a Sarah Blakely, and I may botch quote a little bit, if someone can do something 80% as well as you can, let them do it. And I think figuring mm-hmm. out a way to let other people help and take over and that you don't need to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And and this isn't just kind of business. This is from household to everything in your life to like not take on everything because mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot and, and women take on a lot. So I think that, and and for me, growing up, I don't know many six-year-olds, but my dream was to be a Supreme Court justice. So, oh, wow. I guess I wanted a really stable career, one that would be for life. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who I mm-hmm. was lucky enough to study her her opinions in law school, and you know, she says something about like women belong in all places mm-hmm. where where men are, and I just firmly really believe that women have to have a seat at the table. So. And you may have to insert yourself, but make sure you have a seat at the table because if if you're Mm -hmm. not there and we're not in the room, our voices aren't heard. So that would be my other, you know, kind of inspirational quote is just however you need to get in there.
1: absolutely to make it happen do what you have to do there mara smith i really enjoyed this conversation thank you so much and of course i wish you all the best in all your endeavors and what you're doing we appreciate your time
2: thank you i appreciate it so much thanks jennifer
1: and we want to thank you for joining us for another edition of powerful women let's talk i'm jennifer moss do enjoy the day
0: Produced by women about women, these powerful podcasts focus on powerful women and how their strength transforms who we are and how we live. Want to hear more Powerful Women Let's Talk? Get additional interviews at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Powerful Women Let's Talk is produced by WGVU at the Meyer Public Broadcast Center at Grand Valley State University. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.